Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Welcome back to another episode of She Is Wise. Today, we are lucky enough to have the incredible Yanni with us to talk about all things emotions. And I've had a sneak peek of some of the content that uh, Yanni and Ali are going to bring to this conversation, and I cannot wait to um, sit back and listen with you. So um, before we get started, I would love to invite Yanni to just introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what she does in the world. Awesome. Erin, thank you so much. I need to first shout out these two incredible women. I have loved every moment I've like chatted with them. I've chatted with them a minute before this episode, and just the work that I've seen them do, it's really making women of the world kind of blossom. And it's exciting to be a part of that. So thank you. Intro for me. Um, I'm Yarny. Hi. And I'm a mom of two. I have a seven. He's seven tomorrow. It's his birthday. So my seven-year-old and my almost two-year-old daughter. So I am a lover of emotions because I believe emotions are very powerful. And I want to teach my children that their emotions can also be as well. And in order to teach them, they have to learn about their emotions. And so what I have been doing is I have a podcast, it's called Yarns Tells. And over on that podcast, I write children's stories that have connecting conversations about emotion. And I believe it helps parents know how to have these conversations with their children so that way they can talk about emotions they can be comfortable talking about these emotions because the stigma that's against emotions right now is I feel like a negative one it teaches us to hold our emotions down to not express them it teaches us that women feel them only when we're being crazy and and if men have it just means that they are wussy or they are not a man. And I believe all of that is wrong. And so my podcast, my dedication in my life is to teach children that emotions are powerful and emotions can empower people. And the reason I'm so dedicated to this is my son 
has muscular dystrophy and um, it's a debilitating disease that will slowly eat away his muscles. And he's going to experience a lot of pain in his life. And as a man, when he becomes a man, I want him to know how to deal with that pain. You and I are so on the same page around the importance of feelings, emotions, and all of those things. And especially when it comes to children and helping them to understand it. And I already have a great sense of relief that emotions are being talked about so much more so that our children are actually starting to have that emotional language. They're starting to understand more why it's important for them to know about it. And that makes me feel like I can breathe a sigh of relief that they're not going to be probably going through quite so much therapy as the rest of us are, you know, in our 30s and 40s. So in that respect, I'm chuffed to bits, but it can be really challenging because so much of what we know about emotions comes from how we were brought up and it's very, very different. Um, Certainly the way I talk about emotions is very different to the way that I was brought up around them. There's a real accepting of them. There's a real, you know, talking about them, but at the same time, that can be really hard because sometimes my daughter will say things that make me feel sad with the way that her emotions are coming out. But at the same time, it's so cool that she's able to do that. What do you think is the like the first step in terms of being able to start to, you know, get emotions a bit more cooler and a bit more spoken about with kids and 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 men as well because I think they need yeah, to know more. Having the conversation starters kind of like how do I even go about this? This happened when my son, he was experiencing, I can't even remember what, but he was experiencing a lot of emotions. Like I feel like four in one. And I was just like, man, I wish I could make these emotions understandable in a little five-year-old head or six-year-old head at the time. And um, I was like, a story. If I have a story where he can see this character, feel these emotions, then after that story, I can say, hey, bud, when have you felt? And so that's when I wrote my very first story ever. It's called Little Leprechaun. And this little leprechaun travels through a rainbow of emotions And children are drawn so much into stories that characters, I feel like they can relate to. And so the biggest push that I have for having conversations with our kids about emotions is having an example of, hey, this character felt this. When did you feel that? And then taking it one step deeper and showing your child that you felt that as well. Like how I do it with my son is I'll tell this story talk about these emotions with him. And then I'll be like, Hey, bud, did you know mom felt sad when this happened? Mom feels that too. And so I think it makes a beautiful like world of emotions where my son can realize, Oh, this character feels things. I feel things. My mom feels things. So that in turns means other people feels things. And it brings, I think, empathy in. And it anyway, so that's my idea with how to teach children how to have emotions. And then with like our husbands or men, I think we need to first allow them to know that it's okay. If you feel upset, it's okay. And sometimes they need emotion words because they've not been given the tools, if you say, to know like, oh, I don't know. So like I have a will chart and if me and my husband are batting at each other's heads, I'll be like, okay, look at this. Where are you at on this chart? Oh, okay. Let's break it down. (laughs) And so um, just, and then like practice, I believe um, with men, children, women, anybody knowing how to deal with our emotions, we have to practice dealing with our emotions And we can't do that if we're just shoving them inside and waiting them to explode. 
So anyway, I hope that answers your question, Ellie. I, yeah, absolutely. I think it. I think you've touched on some lovely things. What I love about um, the way you talk about sharing emotions with your son, the fact that you have the story as the first bit, then you get him to talk about it, and then you share your own because that is something that I haven't actually necessarily done. Like I do a lot of emotion work. We well, there's some beautiful books over here in New Zealand, um, all based around a, a, a little girl called Adaha, and she talks about her emotions. And Emily and I actually read it last night together. Interestingly, we must have been must have known we were going to talk about this. And at the end of it, it gives you some questions to ask. And yeah, you know, we went through all this, and it gives you some tools on how to manage. You know, when you feel scared, like what sort of things can help, and, and all of those things and and it was lovely but I didn't add that piece about my feelings into it and I think thinking about it now it would add so much to it for her to know that like you know with our children with the people that they look up to we have to show them that we feel the same um so I really I really love that and talking about the the piece about the, the husbands or the men in our lives Oh my goodness, like the lack of emotional language um, is incredible. And it's not that they don't feel it or anything like that. They have, like, we all have the same feelings. Like, you know, men and women, kids, we all have these feelings, but they just haven't been taught what words to use. And, you know, me and Matt, again, have these conversations. And I actually kind of use a lot of the stuff that I'm using with Emily to to help right. him because it is it's kind of having to relearn. It's actually having to understand that, A, emotions are okay. And he's quite a, you know, his emotions are... Um, He's just the softest, most gorgeous man in the world. And he's quite, you know, he'll happily sort of share that. But sometimes he really struggles with the sort of the harder emotions like frustration and anger. He doesn't know how to process those. So it's really interesting sort of being able to like explore that, but at the same time, not take it on when we're having those discussions. I'm like, I'm encouraging him to be an emotional person and yet I'm like don't fucking talk to me like that (laughs) it's kind of like oh my god I've got to really not screw it it's really interesting how you like when we do yeah when we do like explore this it's just yes does that ever happen to you please tell me that happens to you as well (laughs) I mean this is I'm kind of embarrassed to even admit this I find it's a lot easier to teach my son about these emotions and then when it comes with having these emotional discussions with my husband I'm just like who what what no and so I have had to change my perspective and this is what I'm embarrassed about but I'm like if my husband was a little boy and I like as my husband as a child how would I how would I talk to him and so I have to like, not that I'm being disrespectful to my husband at all, because I adore him and I love him and he is everything to me. But I'm like, okay, he doesn't have, like you said, Ellie, the emotional language, because he was brought up in a world where men don't feel men have to be the, the man and they have to be powerful. And if I cry, then that makes me not like, I don't know, competitive or da, 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 da. And so yeah, I the tip I have is like I have to like literally pretend my husband is like, oh, you are an extension of my son. You actually gave me my son. So um anyway, yeah, it's it's tricky, but yeah, sorry. Well, I've actually got a bit of a question for Erin um based on all of this as well. Cause obviously you are two women and you have two sons. And so you guys have got, you know, great emotional language and all of that sort of stuff. How do you shape that with the boys when like the external influences, you know, as much as we wish as parents, we were the only influences on our children. Unfortunately, the sad reality is that's not the case. So how do you how do you balance that out when, you know, when you're trying to sort of 
teach that emotional language? How do you make sure that it carries on outside of the home as well as, yeah, as well as in the home? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm actually desperately trying not to laugh right now because um, there's all this conversation about men and how, um, you know, they aren't taught emotions and all of that sort of stuff. And I, you know, not all women are either. Um, and actually, I think the conversation, because I've I've met men who are very emotionally aware and very in touch with their own ability to express emotion in a healthy way. And I think actually it's it's probably about those people who are awakened to um, who they are and how they engage in the world. And then there are the other people who have always been shut down and who don't feel safe to be awakened and to be themselves. And I think that isn't gender specific. Um, so the first thing I guess from this conversation is that I would really challenge that viewpoint that actually it's women that need to teach men and actually it's awakened that need to teach those who feel unsafe or uncomfortable about it Um, because my wife is not open about emotion she shuts everything down Um, and it's a real challenge for me because I'm one of those people like even if we were to have an argument which we don't very often but if we did have an argument um, I want to talk about it and she's like no I don't want to talk about it like it's an it's, it's a complete polar opposite in that regard and we talk about I I try and talk to her often about like grief and how she's processing that um or you know the frustration that she's feeling about work or whatever and she just doesn't have the language um and she doesn't feel safe to explore it like it's something that's going to hurt her um and so she just gets warned away from it type of thing and so that's the first point I wanted to make I guess was that actually like the observations that you're making aren't gender specific but they're manifested in your lives in that way in reference to our sons and the fact that you know we are two women raising two boys so one of our sons and you probably heard me describe him before he is a Scorpio his emotions are massive and miles away from his body they're out in the world all the time and um he he is our biggest challenge because everything is so extreme when it comes to his emotions he's really good at naming them he's really good at um processing them but he's not real great at reining them back in and and, um expressing them in a way that would be socially acceptable there's lots of yelling and um you know stomping and and that sort of thing when he's angry there's big sobbing tears when he's sad um when he laughs he has the giggle, that kind of giggle that just makes your whole heart explode. Like he just giggles for hours and it's amazing. Our other son is much more reserved, but I think actually in some ways he's the more emotional one of the two. He's much more balanced about how he approaches things, but he feels such complex emotions. And, you know, he's he's 10, so he's starting to get into that prepubescent like noticing what is happening around the world and noticing that boys and girls aren't always treated the same. And up until now, it's never been a thing for him. You know, we've had people say to him, like, you know, what do you call, what do you call that mum? And he's like, mum. And then what do you call that mum? Mum. Like (laughs) he's so confused by the fact that people think that we should be treated differently. And he, he doesn't, he's just like, I don't, I don't have a dad. I have two mums. What's wrong with like, what's your point kind of carry on with the conversation um and so he's never sort of genderized anything in in the world like it's always been very much like everything is the same 
but he is starting to experience those hormonal emotions. And I think those are different again, like the ones where there's actually probably no legit reason for it, <laughs> um, but they're, they're there and they're pretty sharp at times. And um, so being able to say to him, like, if that's the stuff that you need, and I had a conversation with him not long ago about how disconnected he felt from himself. He's like, you know, I said, you, you've got lots of big emotions at the moment, mate. Like, what's happening? And he's like, I don't know. I just, I don't, you can ask me that and I don't have an answer. I don't know. And I was like, well, why don't you know? And he's like, because I don't really know who I am. Um, And and I was like, okay, well, let, you know, how, how can we, how can I support you to connect with who you are? Like, you know, we talked about spirit guides. We talked about meditation. We talked about like, you know, we had some crystal conversation. Um, and you know, I very much came at it from a spiritual perspective because that's what I do. And and he was like, Oh, if you could help me find my spirit guide, maybe that they, they would be able to help me work out what's happening in my heart. And so we had some conversations around that and we've done some meditation around it. And he's in a much better, more um even space at the moment. But I think that stuff is setting him up for a lifetime of being able to navigate that stuff in a healthier way because he's not looking to the world to find the answer. Um, and he's conscious. And he like he knew immediately when we started talking about it that the, the answer isn't out in the world. It's not in his best friend. It's not in his teacher. It's not in his parents. It's in him. And And I think that for me is probably what we might do a little bit differently to some of the people that we're friends with who are parenting and going through similar stages is that I'm much more inclined to encourage him to go within and connect with that real feminine wisdom that he has than perhaps some of the others who are like, well, you know, boys, I don't understand them because I'm a woman. So that's dad's territory. We don't have that luxury, but actually that luxury is toxic. Like I should understand my child fully as best I can, whether he's a boy, girl or otherwise. And um, and I think that we have to strip gender away from the conversation a little bit and actually be open to, like, he has a really good balance of masculine and feminine. I love that you have just done that and said all those things. Thank you, Erin. And that's why you're not allowed to sit quietly and not say stuff because it's so, it's so, honestly, it's so helpful having that other point of view because it's so easy to get caught up in because gender is is much more obvious, I suppose, with the man and the woman in the relationship. But actually, it's you're absolutely right. It's it's kind of irrelevant. And if we can, you know, everything we talk about is becoming more like finding more harmony between the masculine and the feminine energies. And we want men and women to equally do that. That actually, you're absolutely right. It shouldn't be about, you know, whether you think you're a girl or a boy or wherever you are in that. It's actually about having those energies and being able to welcome those energies. And we had a really interesting conversation the other night, actually, where we were talking about masculine and feminine energies with a couple of guys as well. Um, I was rounded to friends. And what we realized is those words are so loaded with so much societal conditioning that if you say to a man, hey, tune into your feminine side, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Why are you making, why, why am I going to be a pussy? Why, why are you making me be a girl? It's like, no, 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 no. And I think that's almost half of the problem is that, you know, emotions are seen as feminine. They're seen as girly. So guys are so conditioned to not want to be that, which is so weird. Cause like, you know, not being funny, but girls are awesome. Um, that they're, they're not even willing to have the conversation and look at it. So yeah, I'd love your thoughts on, on all of that, Yanni. Cause we've just shared so much. <laughs> 
literally, Aaron, when you said the awakened need to awaken the unawakened, I literally was just like, yes, because all of us, I mean, I'm thinking from like my childhood to my husband's to my friend's childhood, all of us have this emotional experience that is so different. Some of us learn to not talk about our emotions and learn that they are negative. Some of us recognize that we all like that we have emotions and they need to be expressed in order to be okay. And it's just like these, like, if you will, like awakened with emotion and then unawakened with maybe the trauma that emotions have given them. And I just was just like, yeah, like it's not a masculine or a feminine thing. It's a universal theme that we all have these emotions that we all feel that they're all like determining how maybe our energy goes or how our life gets guided in the world. And I I just think the power that's within us, like you said, like your son was like, "I, I just don't know who I am or where I'm at right now. And the fact that you directed him inward, because I feel like I would not be able to teach my son about the emotions of this world if I had not have to do the work, the hard, hard work to figure out my emotions and what makes me tick. Why do I have these emotions? What caused these emotions? Why are certain things more triggering to me than others? Why? And the the pathway to our emotional, our emotional guide. And I just love that you directed him inward because I cannot teach my son about emotion if I don't know about where I'm at emotionally. And I think the conversation or the language with emotions needs to change to be all inclusive and and all like we all feel these things. Wow, just both of you. I'm I'm just like sitting here being like, yeah, no, I don't need to say a single thing. I'll just listen to you. Oh my goodness. Like, wow. And, and it just tells me the power of these these stigmas that just or these verbiages that are getting placed on us with male, female, his, her, um, feminine, masculine. It's like, why do we need to have these labels when we can just make it universally known that we all have emotions? And it's all okay. And these labels only stifle us and make it harder for us to actually bloom or grow into ourselves. And uh, just, wow. That I mean, my thoughts are just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Feeling lots. My, I, can, I can feel it in my heart, but I'm, it's just wow. Wow. Yeah. And this is why you cannot not talk. <laughs> <laughs> See, we told her this earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the thing that I want to add about that is that, um, Emotions aren't linguistic. And I think sometimes we get really stuck in needing to understand something from a language perspective, right? Like I ask you to name your feeling and how I understand that definition of that term influences how I understand your feeling. And so we use a lot of other techniques in our family as well. Uh, when I'm talking to my son, my younger son, as an example, I'll ask him to name the the feeling but then I'll ask him what color is that right what does it is it hot or is it cold that feeling Mm. um and then get him to kind of fill it out for me so I have a broader picture of what is actually happening for him and then you know if it's a feeling we don't particularly want then um we do uh an energetic clearing around that color or that sensation or that you know rather than the the word because the word is linguistic and um and I think we need to be careful as well, even as adults, 
that when we say this is how like I'm I'm really pissed off right now I mean that means something different to you than it does to me and something different again for Ellie and if I leave it at that you're never going to really truly understand or be able to hold space well for me to process that stuff and you know and it does it triggers us if I said to Ellie that I was pissed off in the middle of a conversation that we were discussing she may very well feel like that's somehow her fault right or like this she holds some responsibility for that when actually it could just be that my head is going actually I've got towels on the line and it's just started raining again so I'm really pissed off Right. And so I think we need to be better at seeking a bigger understanding of what emotions are and, and how they manifest for people rather than just going into a really like language is a great place to start. But I, I think with the language piece is it is our way of understanding. And like as soon as we use language, we're going up into our mind and into our thinking heads. So that is something that we have to be aware of. But actually, the more we can learn in terms of emotional words and improve our emotional literacy then we're actually able to use the right word and and actually it's a thing that you shared with me Erin about that it's a it's a little wheel of emotions and in the middle it's got like five emotions like nervous scared happy excited and you know another one and then on the outside it's got a load of other words that they could mean Uh, it's aimed for children but actually I think would probably be quite useful for um for some adults as well and what it does is so because like Emily like my my five-year-old quite often says I'm really scared and and we'll be in a situation I'm like what the fuck why are you scared like we're you know we're talking about you know doing something like it'll just be it'll be the wrong word for the situation so having seen this I'm like oh it's anxious like I know that anxious Anxiousness is something or nervousness there too that she often puts down as scared and me knowing that means that I'm able to then be like oh is it are you scared or how or do you perhaps think this might be closer or this and so we can actually talk about it and we can grow that literacy and that because not everyone has the the privilege of having somebody who is so connected to the energetics around it so language is their way of exploring it so being able to dive into that and to be willing to uncover what those mean and like what do they feel like and and then how do we use them as in a positive way because so much of our emotions if they're channeled if they're if they're felt they can be so incredibly positive to guide us and make you know move us into the right direction and um and em sometimes is amazing she'll be like my brain is telling me that i should do this but i know my heart is telling me that i shouldn't but i don't know how to listen to my heart and it's just like the fact that she can differentiate between those two I'm like that is something that I've only been able to do certainly since I turned 40 (laughs) you know maybe a touch before but you know she can do that at five and the fact that she's learning that I think when she gets to 10 and when those hormones will probably a bit earlier because you know that'll be typical for my life um you know it's actually because they do start to like the external does start to influence and they do start to seek it so to be able to keep bringing her back to her heart and to know that she's got the answers within man that just feels like a gift that well it is the gift that just keeps giving so i love hearing it how that's worked for for you Aaron and and you know I'd love to know a little bit more for for you Yanni like with your son who obviously is going to have some challenges in life that must be really difficult for you to to deal with how do you deal with those emotions because who's supporting you in all of this and how do you you know navigate your way through it because like when it's our children you know logic goes out the fucking window like you know (laughs) real quickly I want to touch on these ideas of like labeling our emotion just because it's something I I did with my son, but I didn't realize what I was doing. 
um, Aaron was talking about how like the energies, like the, what, what color does it look like? Where are you feeling it? And then Ellie, you touched the language and like going deeper in that language. When my son was young, um, his speech was really bad. And so I could not fully understand where he was at. And I, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional because I didn't realize how powerful this was, but um, I would ask him, like he would tell me he was feeling sad or something. And I was like, can you please draw that like in a line? So I can understand the depth and like maybe in his scribbles, like if it was fast motions or slow motions or, and I'm just thinking of like all these different, like we just came up with um, four different ways, like making a color for our emotions. How does it feel in our bodies? Um, Ellie, labeling the first emotion and then going deeper and finding that secondary emotion. And then just for maybe our children that cannot communicate as, as well, like drawing the emotion and what it looks like. Um, that's, I was just like, wow, this, look at us moms, us three really trying to do this. But let me go back to the question, Ellie, that you asked me, and I will try not to cry during this. Um, whew. Um, you asked me, who do I have to support me? And I'll just a hundred times over my husband. Um, he's an incredible man. And I love him more than I can ever imagine. And then the, so like my husband, and then I would say the second and biggest part of my emotional support is my dad who actually has this disease and his life has definitely just gone from the disease has definitely taken all his abilities away from walking to running to now being in a wheelchair to now being like homeward bound. And it's, it's just been a very difficult disease um, to watch my, my dad go through and then to know that that will be my son. And I'll be able to call my dad and ask him, Hey, when you were my son's age, how would you have liked this to have been approached? What can I do better? And, um, my dad is just like my husband helps and supports anything I have in my mind. And then my dad helps me navigate it. And then just um, when I got pregnant and it's funny, we mentioned this. Um, I have a story going out tomorrow about when I found out I was pregnant with my son and knowing that he could have this disease and how it um, comforted me. And I find a lot of comfort in, um, in religion, I know it's not for everyone, but um, I found a lot of comfort in my religion, but then also kind of going within myself of like, I wouldn't, this, this pathway in my life wouldn't have been given to me if I didn't have the resources that in my life, in my own life, to help my son um, navigate this. And so like, I've done a, a lot, like a lot of work mentally, um, a lot of work, even through therapy, counselors, discussions, trying to know how to navigate this, because it's a big weight to bear. Um, it's, it's, a, it's very hard. It's, it's a very hard thing to watch. Um, my son right now, he's in a really great place. 
but I know as he goes to the prepubescent years or as a teenager and then into manhood that those things will slowly go away. And so um, I allow myself to fill the, the, all the fills, the, the lows and the highs. And um, I don't know, that was kind of all over the place, but. Thank you. You, you, thank you for being so raw and open and honest sharing that because, you know, all the love to you for, for what you're going through. And I firmly believe what you said about we are given things that we can deal with like we are only given the things that we can deal with so I love that you have that that true knowing inside of you and the fact that your son has you as his mummy to help him navigate his way through this and that he's got his grandfather as well like that is incredible and you know just like I said all the love for what you're going through and the fact that you are just doing it with such like good sense of humor and kindness and just general gorgeousness so you know thank you for sharing that and you know I know it was a tough question but I just really wanted to to find that out because whatever we're going through like there are people who are going through worse and there are people who aren't but actually if we can all feel and if we can be in touch with what we're going through if we can be willing to talk about it if we can start to share how we're, we're coping we can help somebody else like somebody else listening to this they may not be going through what you're going through but they may be going through a crappy time at the moment and to hear how you are managing may give them the strength to be able to to manage it as well so that is why these conversations are so vitally important because somebody listening to this needs to hear this today and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for for sharing your story and and for being so raw about it thank you I appreciate you both and what's so crazy and I've learned this is um I remember being pregnant and I told one of my dear friends in college because we were in college at the time and um, we all have our own challenges. Some are worse, some are not. I mean, I don't think they're comparable, right? They are hard. There's hardness in every life. And she just said, said, hey, you know what? Just know that you've been given this because you you, you've lived enough to know how to do this. And if you don't know how to do this, you'll learn. And, and she was emotionally vulnerable to me and her experience about like her family and a genetic disease that um, transferred down to her. And I, I mean, it's, it's, there's power in these emotional conversations that we're so scared of, but it's the, I feel like what unifies our world, what makes our world more beautiful, what softens the really roughest edges is these these emotional moments. So literally I'm honored that I could share this with you and, and feel comfortable. You guys have a a gift that allows, I feel like your listeners, me to, to feel safe enough to open up. And that I believe is a true gift. Anyway, just thank you for being you. (laughs) Oh, thank you for being you. (laughs) And Aaron, (laughs) thank you for being you. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks very much. Um, I just I want to um, just touch on something that you said, Yanni, around the um, the way that you support your son, and I get the distinct impression that actually he is probably one of your biggest supporters in the way that you navigate life, and um, like he is here to teach, he is here to teach people about what he knows of the world, and he doesn't need a, a strong physical body to do that right like he is a, a strong presence without having that physical strength that, that might otherwise change the way people see him 
And um, yeah, I just, I love that. Like I, I just get that sense of knowing that the two of you together are so much stronger than either of you could be apart. That sort of emotional connection that we can create with others, um, that sense of being able to be our better selves because of the connections we have with other people, like that is the stuff we need to be talking about, right? That is the stuff like I, I'm tired of having the, seeing the conversations. Like social media is a perfect example. It brings out the absolute worst in some people, right? But through it, I have found the absolute best people. And like we need to, we need to embrace that more and we need to share that more that actually the very best people that I know, the majority of them I may never meet face to face, but we have connected through really being open about who we are and what we believe and what we're here for and how we feel um, without the fear that that is somehow going to change the way that they see us. Like we just, we hold space so well when we, are, when we are met by someone who also wants to hold space and we just need to create more of that, I think, in the world, right? Oh, like, like when emotion meets emotion, I feel like that bond, it's, it's an undeniable bond and it, it just, it's, I think, a bond that's very hard to break and I, yes, Erin, it's, it's, Yes, we just need to learn how to have those conversations more. I completely agree. And I I think having those more conversations, you get better at them. Like the first few emotional conversations you have, like it can be really like, oh, I don't know what to do with this emotional grenade somebody just handed with me because we're so used to trying to fix everything. And actually, it's just about holding space. And if we can lean into that feeling and if we can lean into our emotions around it, if we can share, you know, if we can just be more willing to share and be vulnerable and show, you know, our hearts to more people, then, you know, I do believe that the world will be a better place. And we could talk about this all night long, I think, but unfortunately um, time flies when you're having a lovely emotional conversation. So um, Yanni, thank you so much for sharing. Like, honestly, I just, I, I love everything you do. I think it's fantastic. Your podcast, your stories are just glorious. And we will be sharing all of the links to all of the things for people to um, to look at and to, you know, to take some guidance from how to talk about emotions with their children, with the, the important people in their life, because you've got so much wisdom um, and a real willingness to share that. So thank you very much. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with the the listeners just to sort of sign off with and and finish off with I'm just completely humbled that I got to have this beautiful discussion with you both so thank you and um just a quick sign off I guess is I know emotions are scary and emotions are hard but I have a true belief and like I'd say the who I am who who I am as a person is the more I believe I lean into my emotions, the better I am as a person, the better support I am, the better I can feel and give to others. And so if you're just nervous at all, just tap inside your emotions a little bit and you'll be, I think, amazed at the power that you as a woman, you as a person, you as whoever you are actually has. And instead of stifling these emotions, you take those emotions and generate power from them. And Anyway, just you you both, Erin and Ellie, you guys are just, your work is incredible. And thank you so much for having this space for women. Um, and 
just thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be here today. It was a complete thrill, honor, all of the good things. Oh, you're so kind. And thank you so much. Um, it's been a lovely conversation. Anyone um, who wants to reach out, reach out, get in touch. And yeah, emotions, they're, they're the way forward. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. Trust us on that one. Um, we will see you again very soon. Um, don't forget to subscribe, like and share with all your friends. See ya. You've been listening to She Is Wise with Ellie Bell and Erin Hodson. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.